victorious oh high and lifted up Jesus son of God the treasure with the first verse again. Thank you for the cross. Jeremy, can you come and turn this on? Thank you for the price you paid bearing all my sin and shame in love you gave amazing grace Thank you for this love So all I know, your forgiveness and embrace, oh, worthy is the Lamb, seated on the throne, we crown you now with many crowns, you reign victorious. treasure of heaven crucified worthy is the lamb worthy let's sing the the chorus here again is the lamb seated on the we crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious. Well, high and lifted up, oh Jesus, Son of God, the treasure of Worthy is the Lamb Worthy is the Lamb One more time Worthy is the Lamb Amen Welcome to the service this morning Let's sing that song, Falling in Love with Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to you? Amen. Falling in love with Jesus. We're falling in love with Jesus. Oh, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I ever 
ever done Well in his arms I feel protected And in his arms never disconnected In his arms I feel protected And there's no place I'd rather be Falling in love Oh, falling in love with Jesus We're falling in love with Jesus Oh, falling in love with Jesus Was the best thing I had ever done In His arms, yes, in His arms I feel protected Well, in His arms Never disconnected In His arms I feel protected And there's no place I'd rather be Let's sing that verse one more time In His arms In His arms I feel protected Well, in His arms Never disconnected In His arms I feel protected And there's no place I'd ever Rather be One more time Falling in love Falling in love with Jesus Yes, falling in love with Jesus Oh, falling in love with Jesus Was the best thing I ever done In his arms, I feel protected. Amen. Doesn't matter what's going on. Amen. Let's uh, sing. Um, we're going to play, actually. If you can just play, bring all your needs to the altar. have a uh, few uh, prayer requests. want to um, uh, just bring uh, for Ask uh, you to remember, Brother Josh Godwin, Put in prayer requests uh, to remember uh, his dad in prayer who's recovering from an injury. He's being released from the hospital today, so we want to remember that. Of course, we want to continue to remember um, the Smiths in prayer. We want to re- remember the drums. I don't see Brother Keith here uh, this morning, so we want to remember him in prayer. Sister Jessie Cockman in prayer, who's at home, not feeling well uh, this morning. I want to remember our pastor and Sister Becky, of course, with Brother Fulcher passing away. I want to remember them in prayer <clears throat> and the rest of the family. 
know, Sister Becky will be uh, really hurting from this as well as the rest of the family, but uh, we just want to remember them for our dear brother Fulcher, who's gone on to his reward. Amen. missing. Some of them may be at the viewing today up in Virginia, so I just want to remember them. I'm ask Brother John if he'll come and open the service in our prayer. If you have an unspoken prayer request, you know, if there's somewhere you want to bring your needs, amen. Just want to raise your hand. Amen. Brother John. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you again for this opportunity to just come before your throne, just start the week out right, Lord, and just bring all our cares and just put them upon you, Lord. Just open our ears to hear today, Lord, that we just follow your guidance, your direction, Lord. We have so many needs, Lord, many of them spiritual, but many of them physical, Lord. We just pray that you just continue to touch us, continue to strengthen us, be with those that aren't here, that are ill, be with Sister Becky and family, Lord, and we just know that your hand is in this, and you will just just continue to strengthen her, comfort her, Lord, and just bless the service today, Lord. We just know that it's food to our ears and our hearts, Lord, that we just may grow in you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. So bring all your needs to the altar. with those that are around you. And you may have your seats. Welcome our guests that are here with us. God bless you. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. I'm pressing on the upward way, amen, to heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward. 
has no desire to stay. Your doubts arise and fears dismay. Some may dwell where these abound. Amen. My prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand. My faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to live above the world. Satan's darts at me are hurled, for faith has caught the joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand, my faith on heaven's stable land, a higher Bye and bye. 
someday. Amen. Amen. Flying away. A couple announcements while the ushers are coming. Um, Remind everybody, February 10th is the couples banquet here. Uh, So uh, we have a limited number that we can get into the fellowship hall. So if you haven't signed up, go ahead and sign up. Also, uh, it's not just for couples from our church. Also, uh, couples from other churches are invited. Also, just to remind everybody about Brother Fulcher's memorial, uh, today uh, from 5 to 8 is the viewing, and then the service will, funeral service will be tomorrow at 1 p.m. Brother Jeff, if you could say the blessing on the offering. Um, let's sing that song, um, I'm Amazed. Are you amazed that he loves you? And there's some days I'm completely amazed. Some days I'm amazed that my wife still loves me. But other days I'm really amazed that God loves me. Amen. He knows everything you do, everything, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, And he still loves you. Amen. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Amen. No one knew how alone I was feeling. And the emptiness I tried so hard to hide. Amen. Well, though I laughed and said my life was fine without you. I was covering up the secret tears I cried. Then one day someone told me of your mercies. Are you thankful for that? And the love you showed on a hill called Calvary. Well, there you died and purchased me. 
my redemption. I'm thankful for that. When you broke sin's power and set my spirit free, well, I'm amazed that you love me. I am amazed how you care. You know the many times I've gone astray, but I learned your love is stronger than my weakness. Thank you, Lord. And your ears open every time I pray. Oh, no one else has ever cared for me like you, Lord. Other friends could never be as close to me. Well, I'm not afraid to face the problems of tomorrow. Knowing you are everything I'll ever need. Yes, I'm amazed. Hallelujah. That you love me. second verse again I know I've said this before but I love that verse it means so much to me because sometimes when I mess up and I make a mistake and sometimes I even make that mistake and I know that I shouldn't do it and I still do it when I go to God and I say Lord I'm sorry I've made the mistake again I have failed his ear is still open. He doesn't just stop and say, you know what, Ben, you messed up. That was it. You had 786 times, and that was your 786th time. And that's it, buddy. You've messed up. Instead, what he says is, I'm here. I love you. My ear is open. All you've got to do is say, I'm sorry, and ask for it to be under the blood. Amen? And he's there. Amen. Yes, it's true. There have been days then I failed you. Lord, you know the many times I've gone astray. But I've learned your way. Amen. And your ear is open every time. 
other friends could never be as close to me. Well, I'm not afraid the problems of tomorrow. Knowing you are everything I'll ever need. Yes, I'm time let's sing that chorus well I'm amazed yes that you love me oh I am amazed how you care through your precious blood I found pardon and my sins are washed washed away this morning. Amen. Amen. As Brother Aaron comes, uh, let's sing that chorus, We Need You, Lord. We need you, Lord. I feel like that way every day, don't you? Amen. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Right I need you, Lord, 
high now. Sing it one more time. We need you, Lord. the Smiths, and we want to remember our pastor and, and Sister Becky and the family who have lost their loved ones. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we need you, Lord. Father, Lord God, we know, Father, the words that our brother has spoken, that sometimes we do something that is wrong. And we know, Lord, that this is not right. But Lord, when we go to you, we know, Father, that you are a loving Father. You are always open to receive you. To, to receive us. Lord, we remember the story of the prodigal son, that the father was always looking at the gate for his son to come back. He was longing to see his son. Lord, sometimes, Father, as men, our nature is to run away from you. And the prophet tells us that you are the one that was looking for Adam. It was not Adam who was looking for, for you, Lord. And Father, we raise our hands to you and we are asking, Lord, that you help us to be closer and closer to you. That your love for us may transform our lives, may transform our minds, our objectives. May we be so in love with you, as the prophet would say, that Paul was bound by the fetters of love until he said, I am a prisoner for Christ. Lord, we want to remember folks that are sick this morning. We want to remember the pastor and his family having lost their loved ones. Father, we want to pray that, oh God, you just bless each and every one that is here this morning. May you take the minister aside and may you just minister the word to your people. Lord, we can play the songs, we can play the instruments, we can sing. But if your Holy Spirit does not come down, then we are gathering in vain. Oh God, we want to invite you, Lord. Forgive us of an uncleanness, Lord. May you have just the preeminence among us. We ask you in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. Thank you so much, musicians. So enjoyed the song service when I was sitting back there. Uh, I love Brother Ben. He sings the new songs and the old songs. And that's a very good balance. The Bible says uh, we worship God in, in hymns, in psalms, and in spiritual songs. So you have to have all three of those psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And the prophet in the tabernacle, they would read a psalm every service uh, on Sunday. And the hymns, are, you know, the old songs, and the spiritual songs are the new songs that are coming up. So you got to have all of them. Some just say, we want hymns. We don't want spiritual songs. Well, that's not in the Bible. 
Some want the new song. They don't want the hymns. That's not, not, that's not in the Bible. But you have, if you have everything, then you have the whole counsel of God. Praise be to God. Let's open our Bibles uh, in James chapter 4, verse 14. Uh, we, 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 try, we, we try not to hold you up this morning. As some need to travel soon after this service to go, uh, is it up or down? Up to Virginia. <laughs> um, for the viewing of uh, the body of our precious brother, Brother Ennis Fulcher. It's going to be from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., and everybody is welcome at the funeral home. If you don't have the location, see the deacons after church. They will give you the location if you want to make your way uh, up there. And Brother Barry told me that it's, it's cold, so you want to uh, find your coat if you are from Africa like me, you need to carry maybe two or three blankets <laughs> because it, he said it's very cold. So let's read James chapter 4, verse 14. I, I'm going to have you, have you stand once again. I apologize. Uh, why, do, why do we stand when we read the Bible? Because in the book of Ezra, they would stand when the Bible was being read. Verse 14. Wherefore... Now, let's start from verse 13. Go to, go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Right? Verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. For that, for, for that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. This is the scripture on why we say, if the Lord is willing. For some of you young people, you hear say, the Lord willing, this is where we, we get the scripture from. You may have your seats. Uh, I'm sure uh, all of you uh, know by now that we lost uh, Brother Ernest Foucher. That was Sister uh, Rebecca Coffey's dad. Uh, and he was 97 years old, and he passed and went to be with the Lord um, on January 17th. And having lived 97 years, is certainly just uh, a long time serving the Lord faithfully. And we, we want to remember the family. Losing a loved one, you can never say, well, uh, it won't hurt me. They, I mean, losing your mom or your dad, or we are not built for death by nature. Man was not built to accept death. So whenever you lose your loved one, in any circumstances, it will hurt you. So we want to remember Sister Becky. And uh, here I have some notes from his obituary. He was enrolled in the U.S. Navy, 1942, and served in the Mediterranean, North Africa, Italy, and he was in Operation Overlord on D-Day. So he's a D-Day veteran. That's World War II, and he has got American Campaign Medal, Victory Medal, World War II, European African Middle East Campaign Medal with two battle stars. So he was a fighter. He was a warrior. Praise be to God. And he was discharged honorably. And afterwards, he worked for the railroad in Washington, he played bluegrass. You know, he was a musician. And um, he became a coal miner in West Virginia. If you've been to Virginia, West Virginia, you know that that's, that's core country right there. 
And um, he met and married his wife of 68 years in 1950. Praise be to God. After two years, some people are thinking of uh, <laughs> other ideas. Now, this is a, a, a real man of God, 68, 68 years in marriage. And he was ordained in the Pentecostal church and worked faithfully in the ministry for years. Uh, he and his wife traveled extensively south Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee. Now, if you know, if you know something about the ministry, traveling is not easy. You know, you are, you know it's, it's, it's good when you travel for vacation, but if you have to travel constantly for the ministry, it's not always easy. You know, just being at the airport wears you out. I took a flight to West Africa recently. I texted Brother Barry. said, how do you manage these trips? It takes a burden, praise the Lord. And uh, if you don't have the burden, obviously, before time, before you know it, you're, you're going to be quitting and be like, I can't do this. So they were traveling. You know, many lives were touched, you know, through, those, through that ministry and radio ministry and singing, you know, serving the Lord. And he pastored several churches in West Virginia and Virginia before he built Christian uh, Fellowship Tabernacle in 1962. That church is still there. And his grandson, Brother Steve Coffey, is now the pastor. I've, I've had the privilege of preaching in that church a couple of times. Such wonderful, uh, lovely people. And I enjoy uh, being uh, in that church uh, to minister. If you don't find me here, you look for me in Virginia, Christian <laughs> Uh, they traveled worldwide to Pakistan, South America, New Zealand, Africa. When I was in West Africa, they showed me a picture of Brother Fulcher. When they went, I, th I think I showed you in this church the last time we were here. And um, they used to travel to Israel. And for, for people like Brother Fulcher, I respect those men because being a Pentecostal preacher and accepting the message was not a popular thing. Because you, you had to lose a lot of friends, you had to lose a lot of you know, uh, people in your church. Because uh, people would consider it extreme, right? The truth is always considered extreme in, in many instances. And no doubt, when these men, these pioneers, accepted the message, they, they took a very bold decision. Some of them would be excommunicated by their families. They chose the narrow path. And back in those days, there were not a lot of message churches. Brother Branham was preaching in Pentecostal churches. So you see that those men, they cleared the path for us. Now today we can come in a message church and everything, you know, the message, the message, the prophet says. In, the, in those early days, there wasn't anything like that. You know, so, so we, we really respect, you know, their sacrifice and what they did for the kingdom. And no doubt, you know, you know, there's no man in the, who is perfect except Jesus Christ. Brother Branham says, when you read my life story, take my mistakes and make them as stepping stones. And when we talk about George Washington, he wasn't an angel, but he was a great man. Abraham Lincoln was not an angel, but he was a great man. And we believe Brother Fulcher is with, with Jesus Christ this morning, and he's united with his wife. Um, I got a few pictures of his life. That's him there. And the gentleman here is the, <laughs> is the new pastor of, of the church. Uh, the young gentleman on his left, he took over uh, the church after him. His name is Stephen Coffey. Some of you might remember him. And that's him right there with his, uh, with, with his sweetheart. And um, the prophet says, your wife should 
always be your sweetheart. And that's him right there with, with his uh, uh, son and him and his brothers. I'm, I'm just, I just picked a few pictures. I'm sure you're going to see more just for the benefit of those that may not be able to go to the viewing. Amen. So that's him right there with his sweetheart holding faithfully. And, you know, as you can see, he was a musician playing still faithfully on his post of duty, playing the fiddle at 96 years old. Uh, that's, that's him at Brother Steve's wedding. Praise be to God. And I, when I went into his office, I saw a little, uh, uh, what do you call this? Uh, yeah, maybe something like that. It had a man who was kneeling and praying, and it said here the prayer of, of the coal miner. So you could tell from if you go into his office that he was a man who loved to read and to pray. And, 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 and to me, that's, those are very, very important principles. I'm watching my time here because exactly 12.30, we have to stop so that people can travel. So um, I'm very, very mindful of that. I like this poem that says, lives of great men all remind us we can make our life sublime. Parting leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. And I like these words which says, we can make our life sublime. Which means that it's not everything that happens in our life that we can just say, well, it wasn't my choice. I think we can also make choices in our life. If we didn't have choices, then God would not be able to judge us. God is a righteous and faithful God. And we are a product of the choices that we make. Our children, uh, the, the choices that we make will affect our families, will affect our children, will affect our children's children. If Brother Foucher didn't make the choice that he made, we wouldn't have Sister Becky today. But he made a choice that has affected children and children and children and children of grandchildren. So we, we have to be responsible for our choices. I was reading an article the other time. There was a lady uh, who, who, who was, you know, appointed to work in an attorney's office. You know, she campaigned on integrity. And, you know, she, and then this story came up that she hired her boyfriend who was not qualified. And then she was asked about it. Uh, I, don't, I won't tell you where, right? <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> so... She was asked, why did you hire your boyfriend and, you know, spending all this money on vacations? On vacations? And, you know, she went to a, a, a church and she was saying, well, I've suffered racism all my life. People were saying, no, we're not talking about racism. We are talking about why you hired someone who is not qualified, who is your boyfriend. She did not want to take responsibility of her choices. And life is all about taking responsibility for your choices that you make. Praise the Lord. You cannot, you cannot blame you know, everyone or anyone at any given time. Sometimes we need to make choices. That's what this, this word says. I love a man by the name of uh, General Stonewall Jackson. He, he's famous, one of his famous quotes was, you can be what you choose to be. Because he was a great man of prayer. And he was a very well-known uh, general, uh, and, you know, Christian general, and, 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 I, and I love to read about him. And as we reflect on the life of Brother Foucher and many of, of our friends and our loved ones who have gone on, our parents, they made choices. And today we can make choices as well. 
Praise be to God. Now, going back to our scripture, the Bible says, Behold, you have made my days as short as a hand's width, and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. Surely, every man at his best is surely is, is a mere breath, a wisp of smoke, a vapor that vanishes. Selah. Now, remember, we read in James, and James was saying, now, now James was a man of wisdom. How many knows that? The prophet it talks about James being a man of wisdom. And if you read the book of James and if you read the book of Proverbs, those are books of wisdom. And the books of wisdom, they have got a very unique characteristic in that they are very practical. You know, wisdom and practicality are inseparable. The book of Proverbs is very practical. It will tell you if you stay too much in bed, you're not going to get things done, Right? If, 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 you, if, you, if you take a lot of debt, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be a slave. The book of Proverbs is very practical. And the wisdom is very, very practical. And that's what, that's what the book of James is in a way, right? And it, t- it tells us here that your life is but vapor, right? The vapor is like, is like the mist. It's like the smoke. In other words, we, the way we live our life here, it's not... It's, it, we live here temporarily. It's not eternal. I mean, we have eternal life, but our dwelling here is just but a vapor that appears for a short time. Yeah. Brother Fulcher lived for 97 years, but if we look back, it just looks like a very short time. It just feels like he was here. Can you just think about your life? You, you feel like it was not very long ago when I was a teenager. It's not very long ago when I was... Because you know what? Our life is just but vapor. So we have one opportunity to make the right decisions and right choices. And, 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 and whenever you know, somebody passes away, it's a, a, an opportunity for us also to reflect on our own lives. Because whether we like it or not, if the Lord tarries, we all have an expiry date on our forehead. I mean, naturally speaking, although we know that Christians, they don't die. Christians, they sleep. Whenever uh, the, uh, Christ would talk about death, he would say sleeping. Our friend Lazarus is sleeping. Uh, Jairus' daughter, he says she is sleeping. Because you, death does not ex- exterminate you. It just changes your dwelling place. And death does not change who you are. It only changes your dwelling place. If you are a drunkard today, you will be a drunkard after you die. If you are a Christian today, you will be a Christian after you die. Death does not change who you are. Praise be to God. But you can change who you are by making the right choice this morning. Hallelujah. So so James was saying, don't boast about your life because this life is just a vapor. One man said today you could be, you know, uh, just, you know, the, 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 the chicken, the, 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 the chicken. And then the next moment you're just, you know, a feather duster. That's what life is. Ever, 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 ever met a man who would say, you know, I was once a millionaire, I once did this, and then where did that all go? This life is but a vapor. Today, you could be singing and rejoicing, and the next day, we don't know where you could be. We don't know if next year you'll be in a hospital, or if you'll be, you know, uh, arrested for a traffic violation. We don't know. This life is but a vapor. And because it's a vapor, we have to handle it with care. We cannot live as if, 
you know, everything is all going to be okay. There's no tomorrow. No, sir. We have to live knowing that we just have but a short season. Hallelujah. And, and we're living in a time where people have, for, have somehow forgot about that. And you see billionaires spending money trying to be young again. Because they realize, you know what? No matter how smart I am, no matter how much I have, something is ticking. Because, you see, we have got death working in our body. That's why our hair changes to gray. No matter how much we exercise, we are fighting death. We, we can eat vegetables all day, but death still exists in our natural bodies. Hallelujah. That's why, you know, we are watching how much sugar we, we, put, we put in our tea or in our coffee. Bless your heart. And, you know, cutting all these sodas and, and, and all these things because we know that we are, we are dying people. All we are doing is slowing down the process, but we cannot stop it. Death works in our natural body. Hallelujah. But when we receive Christ, we also know that life is also working in our souls. That though we are in a dying body, yet we are not subject to death. And that is the most important thing that we have to know. You could be a young man, you know, playing tennis or basketball, having all the energy, but it's not always going to be like that. There will be a time when you cannot walk without a stick. There will be a time where you cannot even drive yourself, yourself, your own car. There will be, no matter how smart you are, it's just a principle of life. This is a, a car that I downloaded from the internet, one of the top-selling cars in the 1990s. Somebody, when they bought this car, they thought they were on top of the world. And they stopped coming to church. They stopped uh, uh, serving Christ. But if we look at this car today, and ask, if I would ask you, would you stop worshiping because you have this car? Some of you are looking at me like, no, no, brother. <laughs> no way. But at the time, this car was probably one of the best of the best. I mean, if somebody was driving this car, they were looking, everybody was turning their head. But today, it's nothing. It's worth you won't even get it for, well, unless you are, if you are those people that do vintage cars. But I mean, naturally, this car is now worthless, right? Now, think about it on the day of judgment. All the things that we thought were so great, all the things in this world that we thought, well, this, this is worth taking my time. They will become vanity and they will become a pile of nothing. Hallelujah. Think about when the cell phones came. You know, people had Nokia 1100, Nokia uh, 3310. Sorry, uh, Generation Z. <laughs> you may not know some of these things. And people would have a ringing tone. Oh, my. I mean, it was so wonderful. You know, if, 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 and just getting a phone call, it was just amazing. You know, I remember when I was in Africa and maybe you're in a bus and then your phone rings. Oh, it was amazing. And you just pull out your phone. And you say, hello? It was. But now you get 100 calls every day. And you're trying to find the strongest filter to filter out calls and spam calls. Why? Because the things of this life, they appear like vapor and they disappear. You know, you could be. I, I, I was looking at my dad's pictures, you know, when he was dating my mom. I said, Dad, why, are you, why were you wearing this? You know, those old pants where they were like tight here and then they go like this. 
I look at those pictures, I say, oh, my. Why would somebody want to weigh something like this? But in that time, the preachers were having a hard time, you know, preaching about dressing and about being modest. You know, Brother Bram talks about all these haircuts. If, if, if somebody would put them on today, you know, we would think that, you know, maybe it's a Halloween uh, costume or something like that. But all I'm telling you is that there's nothing new under the sun. Is the devil just, you know, putting us in a bubble where we think there's something new or there's a new trend. There's no such thing as a new trend. Ecclesiastes says what has been, what is, has been. And there's nothing new under the sun. And if you're a young person, you say, my parents don't understand. They've never seen this. They, they don't know what I'm going through. Let me tell you something. You, we, we, we've all gone through that. It might just be a little bit different, but it's the same things. Because you know what? It comes from spirits. And spirits, they don't change. The, the, the spirit of, of God does not change. And the, the spirit of Satan does not change. It just, you know... Like what they do, you know, these American companies, when they want to sell you something, they just repaint. And they say, the 2024 new Honda Civic. And then they'll add 15000 to that. If you look at it, nothing has changed. They'll just come up with a French name, like uh, this paint, this is a new paint code, and then they, they give a fancy name. And then they add 15000 on top. But if you look at it, nothing has changed. Praise be to God. That's what the devil does. He, tries, he, he brings something that looks new, but it's the same old thing. The prophet says, now there's actually six senses in a human body. Because he, his number is six in the Bible. He was created on the sixth day, and he is number six. Now, six is an incomplete number. Because seven is the number of perfection. How many knows that? Now, a man, in other words, a man is not complete without God. But when a man receives Christ, he becomes complete. Abram, before God visited him, his name was Abram. Hallelujah. Which was, I think, six letters, which was incomplete. He was just a regular man. That's why the sixth age, which was Philadelphia, it was represented by the anointing of the, of the man. How many knows that? That there were four beasts, these living creatures. The first one was the lion, and then there was the ox, and then there was a man, and then there was the eagle. So the Philadelphian age was the age of the reformers. It was the anointing of the man. And that's why you, you did not only have reformers, you also had men coming up with all these great inventions. The Industrial Revolution, all this you know, breakthrough in science. Because you know what? Civilization travels with the gospel. Whenever there was a revival in Germany, that's when also you know, Germany was more industrialized. Whenever there was a revival in, in, in England or in the United Kingdom, that's when also there was an industrial boom. Right now, the prophet says that the, the gospel is going back to the east. And where do you have a lot of wealth today? It's in the east. In Saudi Arabia, in China, in all these you know, eastern countries. Why? Because civilization and the gospel travels together. Hallelujah. And I want to say that a man is number is six. That's why no matter where you go, even in, in Africa, we don't use feet and feet and what? And uh, in inches, right? We, we, we use uh, centimeters and meters and, you know, all the, uh, the, the common sense ones, right? 
But when it comes to your grave, they say six feet. Because a man's number is six. You were born, you were created on the sixth day, day and you go up down six feet. Because you are just a man. You are just a vapor that appears in the morning. So Abraham's name was six letters. And, and God says, you know what? Your name is going to be changed to Abraham. And God added the letter H, which was representing that he was adding his part in Abraham. God breathed his life into Abraham. And Abraham became a complete man after he has met God. But before a man meets God, he's six letters. He is incomplete. He is trying to do, he's trying to help himself. He's trying to save the world. He's trying to, he's a danger to himself. A man without God is a danger to himself. Hallelujah. A man is, 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 is a threat to his own existence. A man will create nuclear bombs. A man will create viruses. A man will do all the things that can destroy him. Because without God, he is incomplete. It's like a, a, a young man who is without God. He will do, he will, he will, you know, put tattoos. He will disfigure his body. He will do all kinds of things. He will take some of the strongest drugs that will automatically kill him. You know, but you know what? He cannot help it. He's a man. A man without Christ, he will drink some of the most poisonous drinks you can see, you can find by, by, by medical science. And you say, you know what? I, I got to drink this. I need this. You don't need this in your body. A man without Christ, he will smoke until he gets cancer and he dies. Why? Because he's incomplete. He's looking for something. Praise be to God. And that something is God. Once you get God, you are complete. You don't need anything else. You are complete. The Bible says once we receive Christ, we rest from our works. I was in, in, in Atlanta uh, last week, so we went to, uh, to a dinner. Yeah, you know, if you're in corporate, there are dinners all the time, right? So we went to, to, to this, you know, to this steakhouse, and everybody was there. And they said, okay, well, what can we start you with? And everybody was, you know, talking about wine. I want this one. I want this one. And I just said, all right, I'm just going to have water, if you don't mind. And, and, and some of the people at the table, they said, Aaron, so you don't drink? I said, yeah, I don't drink, man. I don't drink. He says, okay, okay. So what about wine? You're a Christian? I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. He says, what about wine? I said, I don't drink. Anything that is alcohol, I don't take. I only drink wine during communion. He said, oh, okay. No, that's impressive. And, and, and they said, you know, uh, me, I, I, just, I just take a social drink. I said, I don't take a social drink. I, I just, I just, I'm just a Christian. I believe in the Bible. And... <laughs> And, and he says, yeah, yeah, I think, I think you are right. You know, I, I don't eat uh, meat. I eat vegetables and, you know, just trying to find something. <laughs> I said, yeah, I can understand why maybe you want to, you know, drink socially. I, I, I know the pressure of, you know, being different. You just want to be, me, I just, I just don't drink. I, that's, I just enjoy water and sugary drinks, as, as, as you call <laughs> So I had my water, we had a conversation. And I was about, and then before we started eating, I said, ah, these people, they all have their wine glasses and things. I'm just going to pray silently. And one of the gentlemen says, Aaron, can you please pray for us? I felt so bad because I was going to pray silently, you know. But they said, pray for us. And then I prayed for them. It was very hard to ask for the blessing when there's alcohol all over the table. 
Hallelujah. But, but I prayed anyway. So now Job says, if a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. So Job, when he was in, in trouble and, you know, he lost everything, one thing he knew is that one day he was going to be changed. He says, I will wait till my change comes. Now, the prophet, when he was going through his first pool, he was waiting for the change of his ministry. He talks about how that the Lord showed him a vision of a lady coming with a baby in a blanket. He says, when this comes to pass, then your ministry shall change. He says, for five, six years, I was looking for that. And I want to tell you something. God can give you a word, but it may take four years. It may take three years. But when the vision speaks at the appointed time, it will come to pass. But, but Job was also talking about the resurrection. Because remember, Christianity is based on the resurrection. That's why we have seasons. The seasons speak of the resurrection. There is winter, there is spring, there is uh, fall, there is, you know, summer. And winter, the prophet says, winter represents death. How many knows that? Because the trees, they die. The, the life of the trees, they go down to the, to the roots. Everything dies. The lakes are frozen. If you're in Canada, you know, some parts of the north, everything dies in winter. There's no life. Because winter represents death. And one time I was working with... Um, a funeral assurance business. And I noticed that they have a lot of claims during the winter because uh, a lot of old elderly people, they struggle in winter because, you know, they have, there's that's why, you know, in winter you have got viruses and colds and all kinds of things. And, and, and for the people who are old, that's why, you know, when people retire, they go to Florida or some places that are warm, right? Why? Because they are running away from the cold because the cold brings death, so the prophet says winter represents death. But when spring comes, new life comes out. And spring represents the resurrection. Hallelujah. So, 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 so John says, Job says, I will wait till my change comes. He was looking at the resurrection. That when, when all hope was gone, when his, his health was failing, he was looking at the day of his body change. And he says, I know that my redeemer liveth. That in the last days he shall stand upon the earth. Though the worms eat up my skin, yet in my flesh I shall see him. I shall see God with my own eyes. That is where our hope is. And, 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 and Paul says, comfort one another with these words. That we shall not all sleep. But in a moment in the twinkle of an eye we shall be changed. That's where our hope is. Our hope is not for in a new government. Our hope is not in a new uh, Trump presidency. Our hope is not in, you know, everything that this world can give. But our hope is that one day Jesus Christ shall appear and we shall be with him together forever. Amen. Praise be to God. So we are waiting for that day when our body changes. Where you don't have to worry about your sugar diabetes. Where you don't have to worry about insulin, where you don't have to worry about your hypertension, your blood pressure, you don't have to worry about your back trouble, you don't have to worry about, you know, about your, 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 your obesity. You know, I tell people, you know what, don't worry about me. One day I'm going to be changed. You won't recognize me. I am looking for that day. Hallelujah. Where I am going to be changed and become young forever. People these days spending millions of dollars trying to change themselves. I see men changing themselves to become women. 
I see women, you know, trying to change themselves to become young again until they look very, very hideous, like, you know, the plastic surgery is falling off. It's, it's amazing what men can do just to remain young. But you know what? If you can just receive Christ, you will be 18 forever. Don't you want to be like that, just being 18 forever? Not having to worry about, you know, getting gray hair, just living your life in the millennium, staying in a mansion. We all want that. Something in a human being tells them that's, that's something to have. But you know what? People are trying to do it the scientific way. I've seen, I've seen, I see people doing surgery to increase their height. You know, very, very dangerous surgeries that people are doing. Because why? They want to change themselves. But I'm glad I don't have to change myself. Christ is going to change my body. How do I know that he's going to change my body? Because he is changing my spirit. He is changing my behavior. He is changing my character every day. Hallelujah. The prophet used to work work in the public service company, and he knew a little bit about water. So he talks about this process called hydrologic. He says, earth never gets water added to it. No, this is not the prophet. This is science, right? (laughs) Nor does water disappear from the earth. In other words, I, I know we, we learned this in grade, I don't know, four or five, that water is never lost. It goes in a cycle, right? It goes from solid, liquid, gas. We, I remember we singing that in very, <laughs> maybe grade two, solid, liquid, gas. <laughs> and, and that's the cycle of a Christian. So when James says that we are like vapor that appears in the morning, the prophet actually explains to us. He says, I've watched of a morning when the dew would fall from heaven. And you watch it when the sun comes up. That the little dew, watch it how it sparkles like a little star. What is it? It's a witness. It says, it knows as soon as the sun rises to a certain place like this, when it rises to a certain place, it's going up again. That moisture will go right up. Why? It's been up there once. It just fell down. It's going up again. It's a witness of the sunlight to pull it up. It's, go, it's been somewhere. It knows what it's all about. So the rain falls from the sky. It goes down. But it knows that when the sun rises, it shall go up again. So that's the life of a Christian. We did not come here just out of nowhere. We came from God. And when the sun rises, we shall go back to God. If the Lord tarries and we have to go by the way of death, we are going back where we came from. And if you came from God, you go back to God. If you, did not, if you came from, from beneath, you go back beneath. If you came from above, you'll be influenced from above. That's why we tell young people, don't listen to secular music. Because those are spirits. And they, those spirits, they don't come from above. They come from beneath. And they are pulling you to come to where they are. Hallelujah. But we sing amazing grace because you know what? We are going up. We are not going down. Amen. Hallelujah. And these are stars. We call, we call them Hollywood stars. But you know what? They are stars. And these stars, they are a type of fallen stars. How many knows that? Yeah. That they were stars. And we call them angels that were deceived because their battle is not, did not start here. It started in heaven. When Lucifer deceived a third of the stars. The Bible says by his tails, and the prophet says the tail is not like the tail, this tail. It's what he was saying. It's, it's, it's his speech. He deceived those stars and they became fallen stars. They became 
fallen angels. They became lost angels. Praise be to God. And we still have those stars today. And they're still deceiving young men and young women. They deceive them with glamour. They deceive them with music. Because remember, Lucifer was a musician. The Bible says so in Isaiah chapter 9. He was a, he was a, he was a morning star. But now he's a fallen star. But we also have stars in the, in, in, the, in, in, in the Christian world. We have the seven stars, like the prophet. He's a star that is shining, praise be to God. And he is, he is a witness to the other stars that are part of the constellation of God. So you've got stars on this side and you've got stars on this side. And they are all preaching something. Which influence are you going to choose, young man or young woman? Are you going to choose this worldly influence? It's very entertaining, very tantalizing. But you know what? It will take you down. But, if, but we, we also have stars on this other side. We have great musicians like uh, Brother Matt Cross here. He's a, he's a star, right? When he's, he's just a gifted brother. So that's what we want to listen to. We don't want to listen to, this other, to these other stars. Now let's continue here. The prophet says in the absolute, when I come down to the Jordan, when I have to cross over, he is my absolute I'm tied to the resurrected one or one on the other side. He will pull me through the dangerous waters. I fear no evil for thou art with me. So the prophet, he tells us about Jordan, that Jordan represents death. So Jordan, it crosses you over to another land. So death is a Jordan. Now there is death in the spirit where you die to yourself. But there's also death in the body when you cross over to go to the sixth dimension. Remember, you will only go to where you are getting influence from. If you are getting your influence from God, when you die, that's where you go to. If you are getting influence from the beneath, you will cross over and go there. In the message, Souls in Prison, the prophet one time, he was shopping with his wife in J.C. Penney, and he tells a story that, you know, he was tired. You know, sometimes when you take sisters out for shopping, you get tired, and you sit down, Right? And then they continue uh, price looking and shopping. And he, he sat down, but he saw someone, I think you know, it was an escalator rather, where he, see, he, he saw something that looked exactly like what he saw in hell when he died when he was 14 years old. And, he, and, and it really, it made him very, very nervous. He said, honey, I want to go home. Why? Because he saw that the earth and hell, it's now becoming the same. Now, 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 because remember, the spirits, they come from hell and they come to influence people here, right? Because when Jesus met Legion, the spirits, they cried out, says, don't send us back. So in other words, they are not meant for here, but they are here anyhow because God allows it and they influence people. And what's happening there is what the demons want to appear here. But what, what Christ has up there, that's what he wants to appear here. That's why when we pray, we say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But demons, they want the earth to be exactly the way things are. That's why you see sometimes, you know, you've got people that look like lizards with all these pains and things like that. Because some of those things are their spirits. Yeah. Hallelujah. Until today, some people say, I, 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 I identify as a cat. That's a spirit. There is no normal human being who would say, I'm a cat or I'm a dog. 
those are very, very evil spirits that have come upon the earth in these last days. And they are coming from the pits of hell, and they are very, very strong and powerful spirits. That's why we say, young people, stay under the blood. Stay under the blood. Because you can be wounded with a wound that will affect you the rest of your life. And these spirits have been released throughout all the earth. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. In other words, we don't have to fear death anymore because Christ took the power of death. We know that Christians, they don't die. They go to be with the Lord. Because when Christ came down in Psalm chapter 24, he took the keys of death he conquered hell, death, and the grave. So those things, when you are in Christ, they no longer have power and dominion over you. So the, 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 the spirits that come from, from hell, they have no power over you because Christ has conquered them on our behalf. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20, verse 20 the Bible says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons. I love this mom because you know what? She took her sons to, to church. This mother took her sons to church. The prophet says, that's, that's the true sign of a good father, of a good mother. So you take your children to church. She did not send them to Jesus. She went with them. So this mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him, saying, they went to Jesus and said to him, unto her, what would thou? And, he, and she said unto him, grant that these my two sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. What a desire of a mother. Says, Lord, grant that my children will sit on the left. And you know what? You can do the same tonight, to this morning. You don't have to do it physically. You can do it spiritually to hold up your children before the throne and say, Lord, here are my two, my two sons. Here are my children. I want them to sit with you forever and ever. And you know what? God hears those prayers, the prayers of a praying mother. And Jesus said, answered and said, you know, you know not what you ask for. Are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They said unto him, we are able. And he said unto them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with my baptism that I'm baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared by my father. So, so, so God, the Father, has prepared, when I say the Father, I mean it in a context, right? We know that there's one God. He has prepared places for his children. And these places and these names are written in a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. And the life that we are living today is for us to qualify to take our positions which we are already prepared for us. Remember, when the prophet went beyond the curtain of time, the people, you know, he was in his theophany and he was walking and people said, our precious brother, our precious brother. And you know what he was told? He says, you were, you were a leader. You were, God made him a leader. He ordained him to be a leader. So when he came on the earth, he had to leave that part. Hallelujah. 
So that when he goes over there, he is getting a price for something that he lived upon the earth. So some, sometimes the things that we go through, it's God who has prepared us for that. So that we can get the price when we get on the other side. Now, Christians or the bride, we don't go through judgment. How many knows that? That we are judged here when we accept the word. But we have a judgment of our works, not the judgment of salvation, but the judgment of reward. Where God judges us for our stewardship. Where God gives you a price for his stewardship. So remember, when you are a son of God, you can do certain things and you will not lose your salvation. But you may lose some privileges. And you may lose your, some rewards when we get over there. Because on the other side, we are not all going to be the same. In the millennium, we have a government, right? Some will be you know, ministers, some will be secretaries, some will be depending on your conduct right now. So remember, the prophet says, we shall give an account of our time. We shall give an account of our resources. We shall give an account of our wives, of our families. And that judgment is not for salvation, but it's for your reward. Praise be to God. How many knows that? Because God is a just God. We, we, cannot, we cannot all be the, the same. Somebody who is being eaten by mosquitoes, preaching the gospel in Africa, David Livingstone, cannot receive the same reward as me when I'm sleeping in my home in Charlotte. Because God is faithful. So, 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 then, so then James and John, so Jesus Christ said, I cannot give them these places. But everyone has a place ordained for them. So, so God knowing that, he, go, he makes you go through a certain period. It's like, for example, if you enroll in the Navy, right? Or if you're a Navy SEAL, you, it's going to be different from, from someone who is in another department, right? Your training is going to be different. Because at the end of the training, at graduation, your training determines your graduation. So God knows that Ben is going to graduate as this. Jaron is going to graduate as this. So the training that he gives you in life is commensurate with your graduation. That's why you should never compare yourself with anyone else and say, why do I have to go through this? Why? Because you're in the Navy seal. You might not know it. Praise be to God. Why should I go through this? Why, why has God not given me this? Because you don't know what your reward is. But God knows what his, your reward is. And he has chosen you to go through that journey. And there is no one that can replace you in your place. So James and John could not take that place because it's ordained by God. One time, Brother Branham was, you know, a a brother saw a a dream where the prophet was high up on a pyramid. And the brother says, I want to come there. And the prophet says, you cannot come here unless God has ordained you. How many have seen that? Ministers who try to be dispensational preachers and they've, you know, blown up their ministry. Why? Because you are trying to be where God has not ordained you to be. Stay where God has ordained you to be. If God made you just to be a housewife, he will give you the grace to do that. If God has made you to be a doctor, he will give you the grace to be a doctor. You cannot be what God has not made you to be. The sixth sense, the sixth seal, the prophet says, and a recording angel stood there and said, William Branham. Now, a recording angel It's like an angel who is recording your conduct or your life. Not to condemn you, but for your reward, right? 
We have guiding angels. We have recording angels. And we don't have time to talk about angels, but on a Sunday school lesson, one day we'll talk about that. And the prophet says, I never thought I'll have to walk that. So then I was scared. I thought, oh my, will I have to do that? So I went walking down there. There were steps of ivory, right? Where there were Christians all over and they were being called to receive their prize. And just everybody patting me on the back says, Brother Branham, you know, and people are like, good boy, good job, good job, good job, right? Says, uh, hi, Brother Branham, God bless you, Brother Branham, patting me as I go along through a big crowd of people. It's not going to be four people, it's going to be a big crowd of people. Because I know there are people who teach that only the people that are going in the rapture are, are people in, in their church. That is wrong. It contradicts multiple scriptures in the Bible. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mystical body. Some from here, some from here, some from here. It's not a one place where only people in Jeffersonville are going in the rapture. That's an error. The prophet says, I saw it was a great big crowd of people and all of them reaching over and patting me like, like that. God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. And he says now, and he says that, you know, there was hope on this side and there was media and there was a voice which said, uh, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Here is your reward. Now, we will all go through that and we will all receive a reward based on our stewardship. When you come to church and it's cold and you are freezing, you know, God knows that. He's going to give you a reward for that. God is faithful. He says, a cup of water given in my name shall not fail to receive a reward. When you are maybe there on the technician booth every day, every service, you are faithful. There is a reward in heaven for that. Maybe God may bless your children after you are gone, right? Because you are planting seeds, if you, are, if you are on the bass guitar, you are playing every service, even if there are five people in the church, 200 people, you are faithful on your post of duty. There is a reward for that. If you are a mother teaching your children about the Bible, you are on your post of duty. There is a reward for that. Because God is faithful. I may not see it. The pastor may not see it. People around you may not appreciate it. But you know what? God sees that. And God appreciates that. God appreciates every little thing that you do for him. And every little thing that you do for his children. If you send a message, if you send, a, 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 you know, just a, a greetings card, if you send a meal, God sees that. And he will reward you for that. Praise be to God. Now, the prophets, the Bible says here, take heed that he despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven there are angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven. Now, the prophet says that, I'm going to skip reading here. I will paraphrase because you know, my, my time is up. He says these angels are actually, they are theophanies or they are spiritual bodies. How many knows that? Because scriptures have compound meanings, right? In another sermon, end time evangelism, he says these are guiding angels that you know, look over God's children until they receive the Holy Ghost. And then there are other angels that you know, encamp those that, that trust in him. So in other words, if you are a Christian, there is an, a body out there for you that is already before the Father. And what God, is looking for, 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 what God is looking for is for you and your theophany to match. Is for, for, for Aaron who is here to be the same as Aaron up there. How many knows that? And when these things are the same, then the rapture will take place. That's why we come to church, so that we can mature to become, to, to come to the full measure of Christ. And that's where God wants us to be. 
Praise be to God. Because remember, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, the, the Bible says, For we know that if our earthly house... Now, I looked up this word in Greek. This word house, it means our earthly body. We, we were dissolved. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So Paul is talking about our body when we get on the other side. Because remember, a Christian has three bodies. This is why I bought the white board. <laughs> if you can forgive me. <laughs> now, the first body is our, is our natural body, right? My handwriting is bad. I, I almost became a doctor. And then the second body, when this one dissolves, goes in the grave, you enter into a word board, in a spiritual board called the what? The theophany. Now, the word theo, theo means God, right, in Greek. So don't let this scare you. That's why if we say theology, theocracy, anything that begins with theo means God. In Hebrew, it's, it's El, right? Eliazah, Elijah, El, Elohim. In Hebrew, it's El, in Hebrew, Theo. So theophany is the word body. And then the third body that we will have after the rapture is called a glorified body. Right? That Jesus Christ had when he raised from the dead and he could, he could walk through the wall. Right? So sometimes you go back to these basics so that the young people may know that are coming up. So, so Paul in Corinthians says, if our earthly house, the house that he's referring to is this body. Which is not who you are. It's just a, it's a, it's a house. It's a tent that you live in. It's not who you are. It's just a tent that you are living in. Some of our tents are, 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 are you know, they, it's like a, a tent, right? Some of the tents are green, some are red, some are black, right? Some are white, but it's just a tent anyway. Some are African-American, some are yellow, some are Indian, right? But it's a tent, and some of these tents, some of them have got problems, right? Health problems. Some of, some, some of the tents you have to wear, you have to put on the glasses to, for, to make the tent work. Some of the tents you need to always have some painkillers sometimes just to make the... If you ever gone camping, right? There are all kinds of tents, right? So, so this is your body. You should not be insecure about this. It's just a tent. Some of, some of the tents are very small, Right? Some of the tents are very big. They are extra large. Some, some of the tents are, are, are short. Some of the tents are, are, can stretch. They are very long. But they are all tents. Yeah. Hallelujah. They, are no, they do not necessarily reflect who you are. What you are is your spirit that is in the inside. So you cannot spend your whole life worrying about this on Instagram or, or, or on social media. Because this is not who you are. What you are is this. Because this is the angels in heaven that are beholding the face of the Father. Because when you die, guess what? You're going to drop this tent and get into this. But at the end of the day, at the rapture, all this will combine to become this. And everything that you were worrying about here will be swallowed up and you have a perfect body. Hallelujah. So, so, so this is a very, very difficult uh, tent. And, and the prophet calls it a pest house. A pest house. You want to do good, but you find yourself screaming in traffic when somebody cuts you off. It's a pest house, right? You, 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 you wake up in the morning, you're feeling miserable. You are in a pest house. 
it's, a, it's, it's not a good tent to live in, but you have to live in that tent anyhow. And, you know, the prophet calls it all kinds of names, right? Sometimes you, you don't feel like singing. You just want to bite your, 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 your nails like this. Sometimes you are worrying. Sometimes you are, you are, you've got anxiety. It's a pest house. So we have to be patient with one another because of what? Because of this pest house. And some of the tents for sisters, they are a little different than the tents for brothers. Some, sometimes, you know, through different seasons, sisters can feel a certain way because of the nature of their tents, right? And brothers, they've got you know, different feelings on, and, and pressures and anxieties because of the tent. But the tents are not what we are. The prophet says, I'm closing in the next three minutes. And then when this robe of flesh is dropped, there is a natural body, theophany body, right? And then it's, it talks about the glorified body. So you find that in the message uh, with this Melchizedek. In Luke chapter 20, verse 36, neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. In other words, the Pharisees were asking Jesus, because remember, the difference between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, some believed in the resurrection, some didn't believe in the resurrection. And the worst thing about the Pharisees and Sadducees is that most of them, they did not qualify to be Levites. They just called themselves Pharisees. But really, the people who were supposed to be teaching people the word were Levites. Like, Paul was a Pharisee, but he was not supposed to be a Levite because he was of the tribe of Benjamin. That's what he says in Galatians, right? And, and, and then Jesus Christ says, people shall not give in marriage at the resurrection because they shall be like the what? Like the angels. Why? Because they will be in what? In this body, right? Or if, if it's the final resurrection, they will be in this body. Where you don't have to worry about uh, 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 you know, marrying and giving in marriage. But in the millennium, in this glorified body, in the millennium, this glorified body is a natural part to it, right? It's supernatural, but it's a natural part. So in the millennium, the prophet says, we shall be planting, we shall be farming, we shall be having, you know, grapes, we will be eating, we'll be enjoying life, right? So in this body, there, is a, there, there are some things that we can't do because it's a temporary body, although it's a celestial body. But in the millennium, in this glorified body, we, I don't know if we will be shooting deer, but... Uh, we will be living a normal life in the millennium, praise be to God. And I'm looking forward to that, friends. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm looking forward to the millennium. I will spend some, some years with all of you here. We'll sit down and we'll fellowship for many, many years. I don't know which part of the continent you will be, but I'll definitely be in Africa. <laughs> Prophet says, and if the flower saves its purpose, and God has a resurrection for the flower. How much more for our sister who saved her purpose in life? God has a resurrection for those that save their purpose. We can find our purpose and then save them. And God has a resurrection for everything that has a purpose. Because God is not haphazard. It's not like a, a, a New York subway where you're just selling tickets and then just, you know, people just show up. God knows exactly who is coming. What are they going to be doing? What is their position in the millennium? What is their position in the body? That's why we are here, right? We are serving God's purpose. And our purpose is not to please people, but our purpose is to please Christ. 
in the, in the message having conferences, just then a voice said in the Bible where it said that Jacob was gathered with these people and, and the other one, this is like unto that. Now I'm going to close with this. The prophet, when he went beyond the curtain of time, he saw many, many people there, you know, all young, beautiful, hair, eyes like pearls, teeth like, uh, like diamonds. They, it was beautiful. And, and, and the voice said, these are your people. And he said, are all these Branhams? And he says, no. This is the scripture which says Jacob was gathered with what? With these people, right? This is, these are your converts to Christ. Now, here is how God works. If you receive the message of the hour, you will be gathered with the people who believe the message of the hour. If you are living in Luther's day and you receive the message of Luther, you will be gathered with the people of what? Of Luther. And if you lived in, in, in John Wesley's day, you will be gathered with John Wesley's group. How many knows that? And today we are living in the, message, in the time of Elijah, which means that we shall be gathered with Elijah's people. So now, if you are an unbeliever, you will also be gathered with your people. You are going to be gathered with the people that you hang out with. One time, Brother Branham was at a restaurant, and then, you know, whenever the prophet was out there, people just come. You know, people were sick. Some people, you know, had needs. Some people loved him. People didn't really care whether he wanted his privacy or not because, you know, they were needy people, right? You can't blame them. And Billy Paul says, Dad, why do we always have to have people around? Can't we just have time alone, just eating alone, just having our own personal time? And, and the prophet said to him, he says, these are the people that we will spend eternity with. He says, let's just get along with them because we will spend eternity with these people. And all the people that are around you, we are going to spend eternity together. So we, get, we better get along now because we will spend eternity together. But if you, you hang around people who are drinking and smoking and cursing, you will probably spend eternity with those people. It's good to see Brother Daniel Amatofio. Let's, give, let's clap our hands for Brother Daniel. He's a wonderful brother. God bless you, Brother Daniel. Give me a five-star hospitality in Ghana. <laughs> so, so we gather with our people. And right now, it's a time of gathering together, right? The musicians can come. People are gathering in, in WhatsApp groups, in TikToks, in politics, People are grouping together. The world is grouping together. But God's church is also gathering in Christ. God's church is also gathering under the revealed word of the hour. So we have to be careful who we spend our time with, who we hang around with. Because you know what? When we die, we will gather together with those people. If you are listening to Elvis Presley, you'll probably gather together with Elvis Presley. Praise the Lord. If you are listening to, uh, you know, uh, rock and roll, you are, you are going to find out that very soon you will start to become like that. You know, I've seen young people in, in Africa, they've never been to America a single hour. But they start to listen to a certain kind of music. You would think if you meet them on the street, you'd think they just dropped from Atlanta, you know. Why? Because they are spirits. And it, it, it shows you exactly where they are going if they were to die in that condition. But we, we also meet believers all over the world. You say, oh, these people are just like the people that I see at HBT. Why? Because there's a spirit of Christ among God's people. 
and we shall be gathered together with him on the last day. Let's stand upon our feet. Our life is just but a vapor that appears in the morning. What choices are you making today? What choices are you making for your children? Are you a faithful steward? When you gather together with your family to pray, God sees that and he's going to reward you for that. When you teach your children the Bible, God sees that he's going to reward you for that. May God help us to make the best of the time that we have. And may God help us to be faithful stewards of our time, of our resources, of our conduct, of everything that we do. May God help us as we begin the year, throughout the year, just to be sensitive to what he wants us to do. Because God's blessings, they follow his purpose. Amen. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for the life of Brother Foucher. We thank you, oh God, for his legacy. We thank you for the things that he did, the sacrifices that he made. Him and many others that have gone to be with the Lord. Real men of God. Today, I, th- I think of Brother uh, Hilden Brand. I think of Brother Branham. I think of Brother Billy Paul. I think of many saints that have gone, Lord, that we can look at their life and say, he was a wonderful man. There are many things that we can l- learn in their lives. They are pillars, as your word says in the book of Revelations, he that overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the city of my God. May you strengthen us, for we are the generation that is coming up. If you shall tarry, Lord, the prophet says this is the church of tomorrow. May you stabilize us to become real solid men. Men that can sacrifice our own personal pleasure just for the sake, oh God, of your word, of your gospel, of our families, of our children, of our peers. Help us to be sensitive to your leading, to what you want us to be. Teach us, Lord, to be good stewards of your time. Teach us to be good stewards of resources that we have. Help us to love one another, knowing that one of these days we shall be together forever and ever. Help us, oh God, bless our families, bless our mothers, those that are getting discouraged, those that are becoming weak and weary. May you give them strength. For you said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as the eagles They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Help us, Lord. Some are fainting. Some are tired. Some have been in the battle for long. Some are getting the spiritual amnesia. Some have been, they have been on the front line for too long. Oh, God, may you just give them another touch. May you give us a revival for every individual that is looking for your touch of your Holy Spirit. Help us to be upon our post of duty that one day when our obituary shall be read in heaven, oh God, it will be a great testimony. We thank you. We commit ourselves into your hands. Bless us, Lord, as we start this week and bless the the coffee and the fortune family as they go through the burial. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Brother Ben. To rely on what others do, but to wait in prayer for an answer.
here. Even though it did take me a long time to be able to pronounce his last name, <laughs> still still love him. He's my brother. Amen. Um, we're going to sing one more song and then we're going to be dismissed. Uh, been asked to remind you or just to make everybody aware. End of year statements uh, were emailed out to you. You should have seen those. If you do not have an email, they will be mailed to you. And if you have any questions, see Brother Chris Clayville, as he's the one that takes care of that, okay? Um, let's sing that, uh, what a day that will be when our Jesus we shall see. You know, when uh, Brother Aaron was talking a little bit um, about, uh, quoting Brother Branham there, and talking about what it's going to be like on the other side, I often think about that, what it's going to be like and uh, when I was young, growing up in the message, you know, I never thought I would have this gray hair in my face. And I used to always think, what's the big deal? You know, I'm 
I'm 17. I'd like to be 18 years old. That's so good. But then when you get on the other side, you remember what it was like not to get up in the morning and not hurt. You remember what it's like not to feel old and how much I'm looking forward to that with my brothers and my sisters and for us to be able to stand around and talk for a long, long time and not have anywhere where we're supposed to go, not have anywhere we're supposed to meet. And all those family and friends and brothers and sisters that have gone before, I was thinking of Brother Greg and Sister Greg when Brother Aaron was saying that, have gone before us. Brother Luther, who many of you don't know, that's our fellowship hall that was named after him and loved to, uh, loved to fellowship and smoke a ham like nobody's business. All those brothers and sisters from our congregations and those friends that you have, I'm looking forward to seeing them again, amen, and just being able to fellowship and to praise him and be so thankful that we're there, amen. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds, amen, in the sky. land will 
this day that will be God bless you, you're dismissed well what a day that will be oh with my Jesus I shall see and when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace and when he takes me by the hand he leads me through that promise